Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Goals Allowed podcast with myself, Anthony Kendrick. In this show, we're joined by Shane Lees and Nick Davey uh, to discuss safe standing, uh, which also develops into discussing other issues around it, such as uh, some of the antisocial behaviour we've seen this season. We also discuss whether we can play games behind closed doors has been mooted because of the current coronavirus situation. Hope you enjoy the show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Goals Allowed Pod. context for this uh, for this show um, Man United have announced that there will be 1500 standing at Old Trafford next season in the North East squad they've got permission from Trafford Council and they're going to be putting in these so-called barrier seats that they describe which is effectively rail seating which is used in Europe uh, at the minute so here we don't have any sort of standing officially it's all seated until uh, during the games since 1994 since the Hillsborough and the aftermath of that um, so first of all, I just, I just want to ask you guys: When you go to games, do you stand or see people standing, or do you sit? It's well, for one thing, I'm a Southampton fan, and anybody who's gone to St Mary's knows that it's not the most lively of grounds. But when I'm at the grounds, I do prefer to stand more than anything, because if we score, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up and I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to go a bit mental. And in all probability, as has happened many times, I'm going to fall for about seven people. Because I'm also pissed up and I'm going to destroy half a row of like spectators and they're going to destroy half a row of spectators. We're all going to love it and it's going to be great and we're all going to have absolutely battered fucking shins and everything afterwards. So that when people talk about like safe seating, that seating safe, it's only safe if everyone sits down for the entire duration. I genuinely think quite a lot of people probably get slightly injured at the top from doing exactly that. Getting up, celebrating and because you've got about two literally feet worth of space between the seat and the bit where you're going to go falling it's not actually that easy really is it? it's like celebrating stuff or even to get people walking up into the spurs um, stadium to get people like trying to get that to their seats past people christ that, that is just so anxiety inducing that's like ridiculous how dangerous it is almost there's no room at all so to have like rails where which will stop people from falling off their seats and falling down the rows Honestly, that just makes sense to me, even if we kept the seats. That makes 100% sense to me. So I, I can't really fathom why it's taken us this long to get there, other than we're still ultra, ultra cautious because of the Hillsborough thing. And as much as I completely get where that comes from, Europe has proven it works. It's a perfectly sensible suggestion. You have to do a lot of other stuff wrong for it to go wrong, and you've got to have a little bit of faith that we've learned our lessons. Well, absolutely. I think we, we kind of have learned our lessons. But also, I mean, for me, I, I, I love standing up at football. I, I would never, I just think it's weird when I sit down almost, um, which is never the case. Um, where I sort of sit, stand at the, well, sit, I suppose to sit at the Amex is, uh, is behind the goal in the North Stand. And to be fair, most of it stands up anyway. So, um, and I think with also, it's also just, I think when you're buying a ticket for, if you are to bring young kids along, I think you kind of generic, I know it's easy to say for a club like Brighton, but you, you kind of know where the seating area is, where it's safe to bring kids. Or if you're out going with your mates and you want to have a few beers and what have you, then you kind of know the area that you probably want to go into. So I think with that, it's the case of supporters using sort of, a bit of using their brains, working out where's best to go. But 
in terms of, I think we are a lot better. I think we are equipped for safe stand. And there still is terraces as well down when you go down. And even in the championship, you've got Brentford. And I've been there many times to Brentford's ground. And it's it's one of the best ones when you stand up. It feels like proper atmosphere and everything. It's great when you score the sort of the limbs, as they call it, and stuff on Twitter. It's fantastic. And I've never seen any anything dangerous. And I think we are in a society these days where if there was antisocial behaviour or if there was someone who's struggling a bit, maybe sort of an elderly person or a vulnerable person, then you'd like to think most crowd these days they are, you would get a steward in to come and assist and you would you would almost sort of help help out yourself sort of thing. So I think we are in a society these days where it is a bit more where fans do sort of self-please them as well, as well as obviously rightfully enjoying themselves. Well, that's the thing you sort of mentioned about older fans and that's the stuff that sometimes gets forgotten about in these debates. But I, I remember going to Southampton the Brentford games and you're, you're in that away end, you're in the... Everyone's standing up. No, nobody's bothering to even attempt to sit down. And I remember being there, you've got like much older Saints fans and all of that. Look, it's a hell of a lot more sociable as well when yeah. you're standing up and if you're sitting. I, we just met all of these random fans then ended up going to the pub with them afterwards and drinking for about four hours. And I think that's, if you're talking about like older fans, why are they going to the games? It's not just love of a club. It's, a, it's an element of socialising. And I think that really does mm. bring through those community elements a little bit more because it's easier to interact with the people around you. And that's the positive thing. And here's, here's my take on it. And this is a real genuine assessment I've got. I'm not just saying this to be controversial. The reason why there is opposition to safe standing has nothing really to do with fan safety anymore. Because it has been proven categorically it works. It's fine. And it's and I don't think it's just an irrational... Got it at Celtic as well, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's not just an irrational fear of a repeat of Hillsborough as well. That's not it. Uh, even the Liverpool, There's even a lot of Liverpool fans who are in favour of this. So it's not just that. I think it's genuinely that they don't want the Premier League to... They, it's a commercial league now. It is a commercial league full of tourist fans and they don't want to put those fans off because if you're a tourist fan you're not going to interact in the same way with a big crowd of people all standing up and if you are you know a, a local or if you're you're one of the older fans or you know one of the younger guys that's going to be a lot more difficult for you and the fear of it being a little bit more antisocial, a little bit more raucous i think the premier league doesn't want that i think it wants it to be a nice safe family commercial league that they can sell in china and america and I think the opposition to it is actually a bit of classism. It's a little bit of we don't want the working class fans who are going to go there, get a bit pissed up at being these crowds. and But they want to strip away that community element of themes. They want it to be customers, not fans. Yeah, it's my take on it. That's an interesting take. I mean, I, I do think, you know, I, I, I can only really talk to, uh, in terms of Premier League games. I've only been to Old Trafford, but um, I also go to a fair few Derby County games. In the Championship, there is a hell of a lot more of a... A community sort of feel to it and you go to the games and people get pissed up and but that's all standing and it's it's impossible for the uh for them to police because like 90 percent of the of away fans and it's not just derby it's lots of lots of clubs away supports they stand and what are the stewards supposed to do tell four or five thousand people they're gonna get kicked out if they don't sit down i mean <laughs> yeah i mean if you ask me why do i go to football matches i love football and i love watching football but why i go is for me is it's like having a night out during the day you you're on the you're on the train or whatever or you're getting your trip down there on the on the bus you're having the cans you're having a great time with your mates you get down there you're heading to the pubs beforehand with all the other fans you're meeting people you're chatting with people get into the ground 
then you're finally you know, meeting with the people around you and you're celebrating the team doing well and you're halftime, you're having your drinks in again, trying to get in as many as you can because you can't take them out into the stands. And at the end of the game, everyone goes to the pubs again. They talk about the football and they talk about their players. It's that social aspect. And I really think it is still that social aspect for smaller teams, lower league teams. It is still really tied to community. And I think a lot of football clubs, the smaller clubs especially, there's still a big tie to the working class roots and not being commercial ventures. The big clubs, it's not that. And I, and I don't want to just be like, oh, big clubs bad. Because I, I genuinely don't have that opinion. It's, I think there's a lot of forces in the Premier League that want this all to be commercial and very, very safe to sell. They want it to be an easy sell. They want to strip away those what they consider less desirable elements, but I don't think those are the less desirable elements. Well, I think those are the more desirable elements. But you say big clubs, like Man United are the first team introducing it, and they, they've been talking about doing it for a couple of years, and they've consulted with fan groups, and they've introduced the singing section at Old Trafford and all the rest of it. I mean... I think a big part of that with Man United is that the Man United fan groups do have a good bit of voice. They do, yeah. Some of the few fan groups that really do have that voice amongst the bigger clubs. Like, like That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not... I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, Man United bad, Man City bad and all of that lot. But I think the commercial interest in the Premier League and, you know, the, the, the chairmen's and all of that lot, they don't want that because what they want is the fans going to the games who are going to spend money in the stadium. Yeah. That's not the fans who are going to the pub beforehand. That's not the fans who can't afford to go and buy 80 quid shirts and all that lot. That's the tourist fans. That's the fans coming from different countries. It's the fans who are more middle class and like sitting down. And like not having, you know, all of that going on around them. They don't want people swearing. But that isn't, sorry, that's not what football is. And I, I genuinely think this is such a major element of it that people are really deliberately missing. And I think when you see the football authorities always talking about safety, they're, they're trying to distract the debate because it is safe. We've got so much proof it's safe. We don't even need to have that conversation anymore. The evidence is there. It's done. We've, we've done the field test. We don't need to do it anymore. It's it's distracting the debate around from the fact that I think in football these days, a hell of a lot of elitism and a hell of a lot of classism, and the fans are so often having the wall pulled over their eyes that this is this is such a big driving factor. They're trying to not get these fans into the get into the grounds, and they know that if they put in standing, it encourages them, not not gets them away. Agreed. No, I, I agree with that as well about obviously about people wanting to spend the money at the grounds. Um, but especially the tourists naturally when tourists do go to a game they're going to want to do all of the they want to see the whole ground from everything they will go into the club shop they probably will buy a shirt to say they've been there etc um, so no, I, I completely agree with that and here's the, here's the other thing for people who want to make that safety argument rail seating rail safe standing safe sitting seating whatever they want to call it rail seating has been proven to be more safe than not having those rails there because fans don't go tumbling four rows down yeah well, exactly, it is yeah. a safer system so sorry any away last year I really, when we scored the winner obviously naturally it's going to cause major celebrations uh, I fell down god knows how many I wasn't about well, one I wasn't even in an actual row seat I was actually in the aisle because well that's just Palace Stewart's for you but um, I, um yeah <laughs> yeah so if there was bars there then you wouldn't go flying across sort of rows and, and everything <laughs> Gen- genuinely, look up the statistical evidence where they've done it on the grounds which have rail seating. It's safer. It is can safer. Make, can I make an argument, though, that, you know, maybe a wider point, but we're three 20-something-year-olds who are, you know, who, who are thinking this way. I know I know, Hero's not on today, but he, he raised the point about standing and, um, and him having kids um, who, who have been stuck behind people standing in the past at Old Trafford and not being able to see because of that. I know, I know I've been... Uh, I've been to a few games with my mate who's 
who's like six foot eight or something. He's a giant. <laughs> he always um, he always does make a point, especially uh, we, we had an old couple sat behind us and we swapped seats with them last time because we stood up at Old Trafford. But, um, but you know, just as a, as a wider point, could there be an argument that, you know, yes, you can say that you're considerate and we're considerate and we might think of others, but, other you know, there's people out there who aren't and, and maybe we should be thinking about others at, you know, older fans and all the rest of it. Oh, I, I get that, but I, I do feel like this is the fear of the argument. I think Brighton have got it in place now where fans get to choose seats for away games because this was always my argument whenever I went to an away game. I mean, most with um, sort of Brighton fans, I think most the majority of Brighton fans kind of police themselves in terms of tickets. Like, if you want to stand, if you want to sing, go to the back of the stand. If you want to sit down because you're quite old, and I completely respect that. If you're old, you don't want to start jumping up and down and what have you. If you want to watch a football match and go to the front of the um, of the stand. And I think that's why I still I, I don't have much sympathy for those who, again, like in certain areas of grounds, if you know you're going to be in where the singers or the stand section tends to be, don't buy a ticket there for goodness sake. You, like... It's one of those things. I feel. I know. I know. Obviously, and you run the risk of. Oh, it's the only area. It's the only area where there is seats. But then you kind of have to accept it. That you you just have to accept it's going to be the case, and you have to. But I know. Yes, a lot of money to pay, but I think if it's something's been there for sort of years, then it's just not going to change just because you kind of decide it is. If that makes sense. I gotta say, I'm in complete agreement, and I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head. I've got genuinely genuine sympathy for people who are going to bring their kids to matches, and they don't want to have them hear a bunch of swearing. And where the kids no, can't see the game because they're just too short. But it's, but, it's football. It's football. It's, yeah, it's this is it. It's football. <laughs> and I'm not promoting 100% rail seating. That's not what I'm saying. I think you do have areas where they're more sitting down, more family areas, because you want to promote kids going to games, especially in smaller teams where the kids are going to find it easier to support big teams. But you really want to promote that. So I think you just do a sensible system of there's some areas of the ground where you may know it's more raucous. That's where you put in the rail seating. And in other areas, it's family areas. And you know yeah. for your own club where the seating is. I know where if I, you know, there was a period last year I had a bit of a really dodgy knee. So I knew I had to move where I was going to be sitting. I had yeah. to sit where I could actually sit down. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. But I know where to go and where not to go. And the only people who don't know where to go are tourist fans. Tourists, and it yeah. kind of gets it back to that point of who are we actually getting at the games? Who do we want to go to the games? You can get a nice little mix. You can get a good balance by just having, in a, in a little way, a more segregated areas where you're saying, right, this is the family area. Kind of be a bit more sensible. Don't be swearing and try not to be pissed up in the area, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. if you want to go and have you know, a little bit of a party in the stands. Well, for, the, for, the record, I'm not, for the record, I'm not making it out like I'm sort of on the dark days to return where there's fighting, there's all sorts, there's racist abuse. I'm absolutely, absolutely far from it. That's disgusting and I never want that to happen again. And I think, again, we move into, in, in the sense of praising supporters, I think we have got into a society where we are very, very good, certainly at my club, where we do where we do sort of self-police ourselves to long stand. If you heard someone being antisocial or, or behaviour that's just not football like when stuff completely crosses the line it gets reported immediately to stewards or they've got obviously got support helplines as well or above all you just you obviously almost police it yourself by shouting and calling them out on it in front of everyone and then they look like even more of a loser sort of thing so I feel um, again just to make that point perfectly clear that whilst we well, do love obviously everything about football with the swear and the drinking and everything part of the match day there is some areas that can't be crossed and and to pray supporters where regardless of where they want to sit or don't we are very good as I say of self-policing but then going back to the points but then if you if it's the case of you're angry because someone is swearing if you're angry because someone's standing up then that's when you have to 
that's funny again it goes back to this is football and that's going to happen wherever you go and I'll be appalled if that ever stops because it, it just wouldn't be football I've grown up with it from a young age you know obviously of going to football you just have to accept it you just have to just know it is it's going to happen and that's at all levels as well we're not even talking um, the sort of um, Premier League level but even if you go down the leagues as well like if you go and watch non-league it's actually the players and, and this management that you actually hear are probably worse than the supporters uh, if you go and obviously go and watch your non-league clubs play yeah I, th- I think you've you've sort of raised one point there which is about anti-social behavior there's this this belief which is that if you put in the, the standing it's going to increase anti-social behavior because the fans this, it ends up being like more like herd mentality but here's the thing every game i've gone to there's always been a real strong element of self-policing i went to um a southampton spurs game recently the fa cup game which we lost um, and I was with the Spurs fans for that one. And there was one guy who was clearly very pissed up compared to a lot of the other people there, was getting real rowdies, tried to start a fight. And literally all the other fans just went, pointed at him to the stewards. I swear, yeah, fuck off, mate. We're not having you doing yeah. this. Massive sudden element of self-policing. And I've seen that. I've been to Brighton games. I've been to Southampton games. I've seen that all the time, but that does go on. And I do think we are a different breed of fan now where we want to have that good time. But nobody, nobody really wants to... No one wants to get hurt over it. No, no one wants that. That's not what the game is anymore. But the game is social and it's com- community. And I feel like if you don't, when you lose that element of the social part of football, which you have to have in the livelier areas, yeah, I think you end up oh, just stripping football back a bit. And it's not the I same thing. As well, no, I think as well, using, we're trying to make a positive out of the, the coronavirus that when it when football does return, because it will return, just to keep that positive feel going, that when fans are allowed to go back, and obviously we don't know when that will be, but um, I think, again, that will. I think self-policing will become even better. I think it will be even better. The fans will be grateful being there. Everyone will, will, will be just be so happy they've got football back in their lives. Um, and they'll know there's no, there's no need to have a punch up over over sign if it's the case of nudging into someone if it's the case of you're pissed off because your team's lost you'd, everyone would be so happy they're, they're back there they're back having a, having a beer before the game beer after the game they're back seeing their, their clubs playing they're back with their mates and all of that uh, whether I'm just in my head's in the sky here but you just you, you, I just feel that that generally do feel that everyone will be so so happy that it's that it's returned that I think we'll see an even de- a decrease on the antisocial behaviour in my opinion I agree I agree um, something I do want to ask uh, Shane said before about the fans being the most important thing about, about football um, there has been some talk about uh, about potentially playing games behind closed doors when it does resume maybe testing the players and all the rest of it um, do, do you think that that would be suppose I don't know for argument's sake we could get football back you know the Premier League say resuming in July but only behind closed doors would you want that or would you want us to wait yeah. until the time when it can all be the, 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 the issue I've got and it's, it's two, three major ones, is if we don't, realistically, major events are not going to be possible until there's a vaccine. A vaccine isn't going to be possible until December earliest. And then when you actually get that vaccine out into the, into the crowds in March. So that's a lot of football that's going to be missed. But behind closed doors is... Do you have a thing that I just... That's not... Football is not just the sport or played on the pitch. It's the community element to it. And if you strip that away... I honestly think we're going to end up watching football games and going, why are we watching this? Because it's, it's really not the same, is it? It's like when you watch two clubs you don't care about at all. It's a really boring game and you're thinking, yeah. to yourself, why on earth did I just spend 90 minutes doing that? Could have done something so much better on my time. I think we'll have that element with football in a, in a big way of it's like, 
is this is really as good as we think it is but the other side of it that really really bobs me is if everything goes on tv those young fans those really impressionable fans sorry how many of them are going to watch lower league football how many of them are going to support lower league teams when you can watch the, the biggest and the best teams there's been a if you look if you want to look at why the lower leagues have struggled so much since the, yeah, the invention of the premier league it's because the fan base has just been stolen by the premier league. take a look at Leighton Orient as a great example west ham just nicking you know, oh, half of their God, club yeah. and well, it's on their doorstep it's literally you could it's it's walking distance yeah and well not even that like i mean it's yeah it's it's, it's about a ten, five five minute walk over the road and then you're there when, when some of these clubs get so much of a greater sway in the media, because they're at the top, they've got the money, they've got the big players, they can get all the media interviews, they can get themselves on TV all of the time. It, it, when, uh, the, the whole rule about not doing 3pm kickoffs, I love it because it, it, it just sort of strips away that power and it strips away that Premier League allure and those fans, yeah, those older fans can take their kids to these games and the, the kids aren't missing anything. They're not missing it, seeing their favorite, you know, their, their favorite team or their favorite players or anything, and you can get them into their their lower league teams. If we be realistic about it, we could be looking at the entirety of the next season behind closed doors. We genuinely could be. That's that's a very realistic prospect. And whilst I know that the football's got to return at some point for risk of accidentally killing it, I just wonder how much of an impact does that have on lower league clubs. I feel um, with that, I think 3 p.m. kickoffs will destroy not just even, but not even just non-league clubs, but even as you say, League Two, League non-league. I mean, if you think about it, when you you get to the naturally, this is what the most the majority of football fans probably do. You get to the pub, you watch the 12:30 game, that finishes, and you move on to wherever you're planning on watching a 3 p.m. game. Now, let's just say you're planning on going and watching a, a non-league game or even a League Two game, you're going to buy a ticket on the gate. It starts pissing it down with rain at two o'clock. Oh, there's a three o'clock Premier League game. Now, nah, that's just, gone, just we might as well stay here for another couple of hours. Then we're here for the five thirty. So it just completely skips out the middleman almost um, uh, doing that. So I feel three pm kickoffs would, would destroy. The fact that three pm kickoffs you can find a stream on internet. I, I admit, of course it's not you can, but you, you do require a certain course, level of but... technical proficiency to not just get computer doing but that. But do you not think that, like the fact that foreign fans can watch these three o'clock kickoffs? You know, in America they watch them all or whatever. They yeah, but... This country, no, no, because those fans are not the going to be going to those games. The pubs. Yeah, they're not going to be going to those games no matter what. There's no influence we can do there. A fan in Los Angeles can't pop down to Manchester to go and watch no, Man City, can they? It's but you're talking about where are we stripping the fans away from? Where where are those fans coming from who are watching it on the TV? Because they're obviously not all fans of these clubs. They can't possibly be, but the numbers are just too ridiculous. So you're taking fans from one place putting them into another and more often what you're taking them from is the lower leagues and put it this way if, if, if let's say the, we do we finish the season behind closed doors we do next season behind closed doors how does Yeovil survive? how does, how does a team like Yeovil survive? they're not getting gate receipts the TV money is going to be absolute piss even if it exists at all prize money can't be much because the prize money is decided by the, the TV money going into the league they've got to play wages they've got to pay for maintaining their stadium uh and training ground and coaches, and they're not getting anything in there. How does a club like that survive having basically no revenue? Because the Premier League will be fine for the most part with the money it gets from TV. And how big does that divide then get between the Football League and the Premier League when the Premier League can go along more or less okay? Lower leagues, yeah, they're going to real struggle. I, oh, I just think there's going to be so much long term damage the way we're looking at doing this at the moment. I'm really worried about football, really am. 
No, I, I completely get that. I completely get it. I just think the Premier League maybe. I don't know whether it's an answer is moving all games to a Sunday and making them all televised. But I just think that I think the fact that I can be in another country or watch these games on the internet is a bit of a lost cause, you know. Especially if there's a decent, um, say, a decent United game or Southampton were playing a, a big team and it wasn't selected for telly. Well, that, that's absolutely fine. Don't get wrong. Like, I, I, when I'm on holiday, it's the best thing um, if you're in another country because you get the obviously they show the free clip abroad. But then that's fine because if you're in another country, you probably want on holiday. Um, you're not going to have you're obviously not going to be going to watch yeah, a lower league club or what have you play. That's fine. It's when they're on in England that's when it will destroy the club. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my take on it. If we do behind closed doors for say a lot of next season, which I feel like is kind of horribly realistic. If we do that, the only way it can be done to not completely destroy the lower leagues, and we've got to remember the the football pyramid is the reason why the English football system is the best in the world. It's the it's the football pyramid, not the Premier League. In order to do that, we've got to have priority televised games, not every single game getting televised, and we've got to do a total split pot. Not oh, if you're first in the Premier League, you're getting more money than if you're fourth in League Two split pot because otherwise those lower league clubs can't survive the Premier League you're going to have to take a lot less money than they'd be used to the only way you keep those lower leagues going still if you split that money all, all round because otherwise they can't sustain it the Premier League can and I, I have a horrible feeling the Premier League is going to be totally selfish and just decide to do whatever works in their best interest even if it destroys the rest of the English football pyramid but if they if they do that it's better if the whole system shrinks a little bit rather than if we just preserve that bit of a top, which for me, as much as I am a Sam fan, the Premier League fan is the worst bit, and if we just destroy all the foundations of it, because you destroy the foundations, that little tower you've just built only lasts so long. Yeah. I, I think I think what we've proven in this show is there's a hell of a lot more important things out there than safe standing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think uh, no, no, as we say about playing games behind closed doors and that, and also um, the abuse, you know, the racial abuse of players and things like that as well. Um, are kind of more important issues to deal with and, and you know whether we introduce safe standing or not uh, that won't put a stop to it and I think I think I think to sort of summarise it I think I think two separate issues are being conflated yeah, the issue of hooliganism and all that and the racism and the all the rest of it in the in the sort of 80s sort of era football and the standing yeah I completely agree with that ending with me and Shane on a completely agree that's a first Thanks for listening to the show. If you're interested in wrestling, Nick Davies is also on a wrestling podcast, Broken But Glorious. You can check that out, link in the description. And also our friends over at 606v2.com. It's a great forum you can also check out, discuss football, politics and all manner of other things. Thanks for listening to the show and we'll see you next time on the Goals Allowed podcast. Bye for now. So I want to discuss uh, safe seating. Uh, safe, yeah, safe seating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) got a few outtakes from today's uh, recording